the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So shall they put my name upon the people of Israel and I will bless them. The other key verse of scripture that we've been basing this whole series on is Ephesians 1, 3. And it says, praise be to God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. And now many people ask, well, pastor, if the blessing is in heavenly places and I'm seated right here in this earthly sanctuary, how does the blessing of God that's up there get to me down here? And there's been bad theology preached on it that says, well, that's referring to you when you get to heaven. One day you'll get to be in the blessing of God. Well, you don't need the blessing of God in heaven correct you need the blessing of God here on this earth the blessing of God always resides with God so wherever God is that's where his blessing will be so when you're in heaven one day you're automatically going to be in the blessing of God well the blessing of God doesn't do you any good in heaven it needs to do you good here on this earth the Bible says I have given you the power to get wealth or walk in the blessing so to confirm my covenant with God's people and so God wants you to walk in his blessings here on this earth but if we're seated here in an earthly place and the blessings are in heavenly places how do we get them well the problem is we got a bad perspective because the Bible says we're not seated in an earthly place the Bible says in Ephesians 2 5 even when you were dead in your trespasses he made us alive together in Christ by grace you have been saved and raised up and seated with him in heavenly places now we who were raised in very denominational straight line churches we always stop by grace you have been saved and we say amen that's not where the Bible stops so why are we stopping before God wanted to stop the problem with it is we have but we don't need to because the Bible says you have been saved by grace and seated with him and raised up and been put in heavenly places so right now even though you're in this sanctuary in the eyes of God you're seated in heavenly places and if you're seated in heavenly places and the blessing of God is in heavenly places guess what you got access to the blessing of God to live it out right here on this earth as we continue in the blessing I want to reiterate the main points we've been dealing with throughout this whole series on what is the blessing of God the blessing of God is not things it is what God has spoken about you. Now, you can have all the money in the world and still not be blessed. Because if you don't know what God has spoken about you, you're not going to walk in the fullness of his blessing. You can have all the great toys in the world but still not be in the blessing. You can have the nicest house but still not be in the blessing. And we in America, especially, we drive down the road, and because so-and-so has a bigger house, we say they're more blessed. Not necessarily. They just ended up getting a little bit more money than you had somehow. So the blessing of God is not things, but it is what God has spoken about you. And if you're ever going to accomplish all that God wants you to accomplish, it's going to be by what God has said. The blessing of God will manifest itself in things many times. And so the blessing of God is not a license to live recklessly, but it's a lifestyle of discipline. See, we as believers, we need to become very disciplined with the blessing of God. When God blesses us, we need, as we learned last week, have been promoted to upper-level management, and we need to manage very well the items, the blessing that God gives us. You need to manage very well what God has spoken over your life. You need to manage very well what you let somebody else say about your life. A amen? Because what God says about you and what people say about you many times are very contrary to one another. See, the Bible says our kids are fearfully and wonderfully made. God has great and mighty plans for them. But you say, Billy, you're being stupid. Mm, see, we need to manage a little bit better the blessing of God. We need to manage very well before our kids go to bed at night, before your youth goes to bed at night, what you say to them. Because it's the last thing they hear and they meditate on it all night long, whether you realize it or not. That's why the last thing my kids hear before they go to bed is this phrase, Dad loves you always and forever, no matter what. 
you're fearfully and wonderfully made, and God has great and mighty plans for you. You'll be mighty upon the earth, and the blood of Jesus covers you. The angels of God surround you. You're healed and made whole in Jesus' name. You walk in the favor and the blessing of God, and you're led by the Holy Spirit. My kids hear that every night before they go to bed because that's what they're going to be thinking about. And I want you to manage the blessing of God very well. It's a lifestyle of discipline. And then the last one is, it's not something that magically appears. It's something that enables you and empowers you to do. Many people want to go home and see a package sitting on their front door with a big ribbon on it that says, the blessing, and you're like, woohoo! I won the lottery. No, the, the blessing of God empowers you and enables you to do and become and over, um, overcome the things of this world. So the blessing of God, it is what God has said. It's a lifestyle of discipline, and it's something that enables you and empowers you to do the work and the will of God. And so we've spent the past six weeks explaining what the blessing is, how to make the blessing produce for you, and the message we talked about being fruitful or being productive, how to let it multiply, and the things that stop the multiplication process of the blessing. We talked about what you're supposed to do with it and fill the earth and subdue it. We talked about um, how you are the power player in your life and how to make the blessing work for you. And then we talked about last week being good managers and having dominion, but what good is knowing all about the blessing and all the information about the blessing if you don't know how to receive the blessing amen so this morning I put this message very last because I want you to tangibly be able to walk out of here with the skills to walk in the blessing of God amen I want you to be able to apply the blessing of God to your life so when you leave here today you're not going to be thinking wow that is a great series on the blessing I know I'm blessed but how do I receive the blessing amen so the title of this morning's message is location 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 how many of y'all have ever been in real estate those are the three magic words. How many of you ever have a marketing degree? The three magic words are location, location, location. Can I tell you, to receive the blessing of God, those are the three, not magic words, but divine words. Those are the three divine words. And so the title of this morning's message is location, location, location. The first location I want to tell you about, I say location number one is the place you're at. Location number one is the place you're at. The Bible says this in Psalm number 128, the Lord will bless you from Zion. The Bible says this in Psalm 92, they who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of their God. So the very place that you're located is the very place that God needs to bless you. Now let's go back to the first scripture we talked about. The Lord bless you from Zion. What is Zion? Zion in the Bible is God's holy place. It's the place where all of Israel gathered three times a year, at least all the men of Israel gathered three times a year for corporate worship, for where God could speak to them, where God could instruct them, and where God could bless them. The Zion in the Old Testament is the local church today in the New Testament. Amen. So the first place that you need to be is you're already here. So you've already got place number one right, Heath Gamble. You can receive the blessing this morning because you're in the right place. You're in the right place. You're in the house of God. The house of God is where God gives instruction. The house of God is where God gives encouragement. The house of God is where God gives the ability to teach you, to equip you, to bring you to a place to walk in greater knowledge than you've ever walked in before so you can walk in the blessing of God. Now, if you haven't been in this place very often and you're wondering why doesn't my life seem as blessed as it should, well, because the number one principle of receiving the blessing of God is location. The first location is the place. And I don't want you to just come and attend. I want you to come and get planted. 
Amen. It says those who are planted in the house of the Lord. Amen. A lot of people come to church with no intentions of getting planted. You cannot produce fruit until you're planted. You cannot produce the fruit of the Spirit until you're planted. You cannot produce the good works of God until you're planted. The problem is we want to come and we want to sit, but we don't want to get planted. And without getting planted, it's impossible to produce. But the first part of the blessing was this. Be fruitful and multiply. You can't be fruitful and multiply and flourish until you get planted. And so number one place we've got to be is in the house of God. The reason why we want you to come to church is not so we can pay the light bill. We want you to come to church so you can be blessed. And I hear people, well, I'm a Christian. I don't got to go to church to be a Christian. You're exactly right. You do not have to go to church to be a Christian. But you do got to be planted in the house of the Lord to flourish. You do have to be planted in the house of God to be able to hear from God. Well, God can speak to me all the time. But yes, did you hear what I said? What Zion was, it was where God spoke to the people of Israel corporately. You can hear from God individually all day long, and I pray that you do. But there's times when God would get his people together because he wanted to speak corporately to the whole group of people. And by speaking corporately to them, God would individually speak to them. Many people are missing about what God is saying about them individually because you've missed what God has said corporately because God always started corporately and then would speak individually. I want you here so you can be blessed. And you're not blessed by what I say. You're blessed by what you hear God say. And I pray this morning that God has a word for you individually because we've gathered together corporately. Amen? I pray that God will speak to your life and change your heart this morning individually because you made the first step, the right step, to get into the blessing. You were at location one. You're in the right place. You're in the right place where God can speak to you. So if we're going to receive the blessing of God, the first thing we've got to do is get in the right place. The next thing we've got to do, everybody say location number two, is we've got to get in the right position. We've got to get in the right position for location number two. What does the Bible say? The Bible says this in Luke number 11, chapter number 11, and verse 28. And Jesus replied, blessed rather, now put a question mark right there by that word rather, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. I got curious when I read that, and it said blessed rather, and I'm like, why'd you got to put rather in there? Why don't you just put blessed are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Well, he put rather in there for a very particular reason because the previous 18 verses tell you how not to be blessed. And it starts out like this. A house divided against itself cannot stand. See, there's more houses divided on Sunday morning than any day of the week. We going to church today? Yes, baby, get up and go to church. I don't feel like going to church. So you got half the house in the right location to receive the blessing of God, half the house laid up in bed not wanting to receive the blessing of God. And so therefore, a house divided against itself cannot stand. And God says, I can't bless that. I want to encourage you to apply this message. Because he said, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. So the next location you got to get in is you got to get in the right position. The position is a position of obedience. And so when you get in a position of obedience, God will begin to move in your life and be able to bless you. God will begin to move in your life and be able to pour out the, the things that you need in your life. But the problem is, many of us come to church, we want to sing a couple songs, we say, Joel, please don't go too long this morning because i got stuff to do, but we've never heard from God, therefore we can never obey God. Amen? Amen. If you're going to walk in the blessing of God, we've got to get location number two right. And listen, you are already in the prime place for location number two. You're here, you're in the right location, which is the right place. Location number two is you just got to get in the right position. Many of you are in the right position this morning because you're hearing what I'm saying. And now you don't have to obey what I say. You got to obey what God tells you through the message that he's given you this morning. 
Because there's a lot of times that what I preach and what you hear are two different things. Sometimes for the good, sometimes for the bad. Amen. But in my saying, if you're not hearing with the right ears, amen, the Bible says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. If you're not hearing with the right ears, ears filtering what God is saying by the power of the Holy Spirit, with the Holy Spirit in your life, you're going to find that preachers, by and large, are, in your opinion, condemning, overbearing, that they're all about agendas, when the only agenda we have is to bless you. Every time that I get up to preach, my agenda is this, to give you a word that God has given the church that will bless you. Because anytime God speaks, it's in the realm of blessing. Well, pastor, God told me to repent. Yeah, he's wanting you to get to a position where you can get back close to him so you can be blessed by him. I put this quote on Facebook this past week, and I said, many people want the blessing of God without being in the presence of God, but God wants you in his presence so he can bless you. See, many people want the blessing of God without having to get too close to God. You, God, pay my electric bill, but I really don't want to get in this realm because then I know i got to repent. I know i got to come back to you. Well, God says this. I want you in my presence because I love you, and because I love you, I'll take care of all these needs. Don't worry about them. The Bible says do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And then it goes on to say, look at the, bird, look at the, the flowers of the field. Do they even look like they're worried about where they're going to get their things from? No, they don't. But too many people, we want to keep God at a distance, and we want to say, God, I need your blessing. God says, I need you in my presence so I can bless you. I need you in my presence so I can bless you. And so when you start taking a step into the presence of God, chains begin to fall off like we've heard this morning. Lives begin to get changed. You get a closer walk with God, and so then your life starts getting a little bit better by a little bit better because you get farther in and you get farther in. And the blessing of God begins to, the Bible says this, come upon you and overtake you. That means when you're walking after God in the right position, you're not walking looking for the blessing. You're walking to him because you love him. And when you focus on him, it's going to come upon you, and the Bible says, overtake you. The reason I love the ocean so much is because I get to act like a kid in the middle of the biggest swimming pool in the world. And the funnest thing is, is when the big waves come. And man... You can't outrun a big wave. I'm sorry. And you know when the water, you know when it's big too because the water doesn't just go back. It starts sucking you back. And then you get sucked back and you turn and you start running and you can go as fast as you can. But eventually, it's going to overtake you. And then you tumble and you fall and you roll and you just have the time of your life and it overtakes you. I want God's blessing to overtake you. To get God's blessing to overtake you, number one, you got to get in the right place. You're in the right place this morning. Number two, we got to start getting in the right position. And I want to ask you this question. What is the last thing God told you to do? What is the last thing God told you to do? Some of you, it was about a week ago probably, and you still haven't done it. Some of you, it could have been this morning, I want you to come and pray with so-and-so, and you haven't done it. Some of you, it could have been just in this very second, God said, you need to write that down, and you haven't wrote it down. <laughs> so write it down. What is the last thing God told you to do? I'm asking this for a specific reason. Because if we hear and don't remember, what good is even hearing in the first place? See, I want you to remember what God tells you to do. And you want to know the quickest way to get in the blessing of God is not to wait to do what he tells you to do, but to do what he tells you to do when he tells you to do it. You know, I was told to go pray with a couple different people this morning, and I was excited to go do it, but, but I didn't wait. When I hear God say, I want to be very quick to move because God said move, and quick to do and do what God said do, because The Bible says, blessed rather are those who hear and obey. So hearing is not good enough. It's hearing combined with obedience 
that Jesus said, you're blessed. So when you begin to hear the word of God move in your life this morning, and God says, hey, change this about your finances. It's going to enable you to be blessed. Do it. Okay? God's a lot smarter than you are. He sees economic crashes coming years before they come. Amen? I mean, when God tells you to change this about your marriage, go ahead and start changing it and working on it. And husbands, I know it's uncomfortable sometimes when you say, baby, God said we need to start doing this, praying together, reading together, studying together, and you're nervous because you're thinking you're going to get rejection from your spouse, and you very well might, but husbands, when you start doing what God says to do, your wife will be more apt to listen to what God's telling you to say to her and for what he's going to say to her. Wives, some of you are saying, I just wish my husband would start coming to church because we are that divided house. The Bible says for you to live a righteous life in front of your husband, to live a sanctified life. And the Bible says when you live that life in front of your husband, he's sanctified because of it. And that means he's set apart from the world. That means God has got him in, your, in his hands because of your living. Come on, some of y'all ladies should have got a little bit more excited than that. Amen. Your husband can't do nothing when God gets his hands on him. And some of you husbands are here today because of your wife who was a praying wife. And God's got you now because your wife was praying and it sanctified you. It set you apart because of her. Because two have become one flesh. So women, I want to encourage you when God tells you to pray. And you've been praying for your husband for six weeks, six months, six years. And it doesn't seem to be changing. <laughs> Keep praying. You're sanctified. You're set apart. That's what sanctified means. You're set apart for the work of God in your life. Now here's the last one. The third location is this. It's your posture. Amen? You got to be in the right place. You got to get in the right position, and that's the position of obedience. But I want to talk to you about your posture this morning. I have the worst posture physically in the world. I am the best sloucher. I am the best. In my car, when you get in my Jeep, I have my seat kicked back so I can slouch when I drive. It's not that I'm trying to be cool. I just don't like to sit up straight because it hurts. Because I've had bad posture for so long, trying to do it right hurts. Uh, amen? Well, God wants to talk to us about our posture a little bit this morning. Now listen, the book of Ephesians is so great. It's so relative to your life because it talks about the four postures of a believer. It talks about the four postures of a believer. We've hit the first posture all six weeks. And the Bible says the first posture in Ephesians chapter 2 is the posture of being seated. You are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Many of you are seated this morning, but I want you to, I hope you've gotten this revelation over the past six weeks, that you are not seated here, you are seated with Christ. Many of you in this posture, the posture of being seated, God says you are seated with Christ, but many of you still act like you're seated in the world, wallowing around in your problems and your circumstances circumstances in your trials and in your and in your issues because you don't know what God has said about you I want you to know what God has said about you that makes it a lot easier to stay seated with Christ in heavenly places and when you find out what God has said about you you'll get real comfortable in your seat next to Christ some of you are uncomfortable thinking you're seated next to Christ because you still think of yourself as a sinner God doesn't God says you're a born-again, blood-bought, child of the living God. He doesn't see you, and he doesn't see your sin. He sees the blood of his son. And so because he sees the blood of his son, you ought to get real comfortable being seated next to Christ. Amen. And the reason why you're seated next to Christ is because God's here, Christ is here, you're here, so God can't look at you without even looking at his son first. That, that, that's good stuff. Some of y'all ought to get excited about that. So even when God wants to see you, he can't see you first. He's always got to see his son first. And so now that you're seated with Christ in heavenly places, he's not looking at you. He's looking at you through the eyes of his son. 
And because his son gave up everything, God said, I've given up everything. And so I've given up everything. I want you to come and sit with me because you're not a servant anymore. You're a son and a daughter of the most high God. And let's be seated with it. And if you're going to fight that this morning, you have a pride issue that you need to get right. Because you're thinking, oh, I'm just, we could, surely we couldn't be like, you got a false humility issue, which stems from the pride issue, okay? Have you ever seen somebody um, try to be so humble they're prideful? <laughs> oh, don't look at me, don't look at me, that you're doing that because you want everybody to look at you. If you don't want anybody to look at you, hush your mouth and walk on. <laughs> Nobody will notice you. Oh, don't come and pray for me. No, I'm just not worthy. Don't come and pray for me. You're saying, everybody come pray for me. And then you have a whole crowd feel, oh, just bless her, oh God. He's trying to. But you've got to realize you're seated with Christ in heavenly places. And you've got to walk, and you got to walk up to Jesus, and you've got to receive it and say, Jesus, I know that the things I've done in this life make me unworthy, but I receive what you've done for me. I receive the sacrifice you made for me. The first position is being seated with Christ. The next position is kneeling before Christ. Now listen to this. The scripture says in Ephesians 3, verse 14, For this reason I bow my knee before the Father. For this reason, I bow my knee. It doesn't say God made me bow my knee. It says this reason, I consciously, voluntarily realize that even though I'm your son, God, you are still God Almighty. You are still holy of holies. You are still the great I am. You spoke the whole universe into existence with words. And so, God, I'm bowing my knee before you. I'm kneeling before you. And even though I'm seated with, with Christ, I make a conscious decision as a believer to stay kneeled before you in reverence, in humility, in honor. You remember the great movies of old when, when people would go before the king and he was going to knight them? What'd they do? Kneeled. In all the movies where kings are ever seen, when people came in, even they came, not just got before him, they came into the room, they do this. And then they would walk up to him. I want you to stay kneeled before Christ. And I want you to do it. I want you to make the conscious decision that says, God, I humble myself before you. And I kneel before you. And these four posture positions, guys, they're going to be so key to you receiving the blessing. Staying seated with Christ. Staying knelt before Christ. The third one is this, is walking with Christ. And it says this in Ephesians 4.1, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling of which you have been called. Well, pastor, if we're supposed to be seated and knelt, how are we supposed to be walking? Listen, in the spirit, you can do all four at once. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Physically, you can't. Spiritually, you can so he says, I want you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling that you have been called. And if you've been called to teach a Sunday school class in this church, hold your shoulders back, hold your head up high, and you walk in here worthy of the manner which you've been called. It's not a small deal to teach our kids. It's a huge deal to teach our kids. And the Bible says you're worthy of double honor as a teacher. And so I am so grateful for our children's Sunday school teachers. Man, maybe you're called to be a prayer warrior, an intercessor, and you're one of the five to seven that show up when we have prayer and intercession meetings. I want you to walk in a manner worthy of your calling. And when you begin to walk in a manner worthy of your calling, you're going to walk with confidence in who you are in Christ. Amen. And as you begin to walk worthy of your calling, your posture is going to begin to change. I do not ever want to see Christians walking like this. Oh, we're just so humble and meek. No, you're not walking in a manner worthy of your calling. You are not walking in a manner worthy of your calling. Have you ever seen me preach like this? Besides when I'm making fun of it and being an example. Oh, Lord, I just pray that you would bless these people here today. Oh, God, just be with them. How long would y'all stay at this church? 
No, you want a pastor who's going to get up here confidently knowing what the word of God says to walk in a manner worthy that he's called to walk in, to bring you the word of God so in a corporate setting you can be in location one, hear the word of God because you're in the right place and get planted, be in location two, be in the right position of hearing and obeying so you can respond to the word of God and with the right posture of being seated with Christ, of kneeling before God the Father Almighty so you can hear from him and receive from him, but walking confidently as the person you're called to walk in in Christ Jesus and now the final position is this and this is my favorite one this is my favorite one it's standing with Christ standing with Christ the Bible says in Ephesians chapter number six in verse number 11 it says put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the the schemes of the devil now your last position is a standing position a standing position how much easier is it to stand when you're standing with the blessing versus standing without the blessing See, the problem for too long is Christians have been trying to stand on your own and you're not standing in the blessing because it's a lot easier to fight the devil off when you're standing in the blessing of God. It's a lot easier to fight the schemes of the devil when you know what God has said about you. See, the Bible says you're an overcomer. The Bible says you're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. The Bible says you're a victor, not a victim. The Bible says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, and God's got great and mighty plans for you. When the world is coming against you, and your bank account looks broke, and your health doesn't seem like it's doing good, and your family seems like it's on the rock, and your wonderful kids aren't acting so wonderful all the time, it's a lot easier to stand knowing what God has said, being in the blessing, than to stand over here trying to fight it on your own. Too many Christians are trying to pick up the full armor of God and fight on their own. But when you'll stand over here in the blessing, it's easy to hold that shield of faith up and keep it held up till the darts quit flying. Amen. When you're standing in the blessing of God, it's easy to begin to pray and pray without ceasing. When you're standing in the blessing, it's easy to put the belt of truth on and stay true to what God's called you to be. When you're standing in the blessing, you have no problem, no matter how bad the world looks, having your feet fitted with the gospel of peace to go out and tell somebody about Jesus. They're going to ask you, how can you keep telling me about Jesus when your life looks like this? Because the blessing of God is not what things look like, it's what God says. And if we'll continue to hang in there and stand in the blessing of God, God's going to bring about a mighty victory in your life because he promised he would amen now I want to encourage you spiritually what's your posture many believers have this posture spiritually sure God some of y'all wives know what we're talking about because your husbands have this posture when football games are on I heard you halftime's coming some of your postures are like this bored out of your mind because God's not speaking to you what's the last thing God told you to do he shouldn't speak to you again until you completed what he said to you the first time And when he speaks to you again, if you haven't completed, you know what he's going to say? The same thing he told you last time. (laughs) Get it done. Some of our postures are laid out lazy. We want to spiritually not get out of bed. We would spiritually rather hear a great another sermon by Joel T. Meyer than to go home and apply what I've said. Because it's easy in the corporate anointing. So why God says get together corporately, come to the right place, come to the right location. Location number one is the right place because it's easy to take steps of faith in corporate anointing. It's easy to take steps of faith when you've got believers around you praying for you. Contrary to what most people think, most people think, well, I'm not going to step out because of a large crowd. No, contrary to what you think, you're more apt to step out because other people are going to start moving and you can step out and get in the right place. And so when you're in the right place, I want you to begin to apply what you've learned here in the right place. You don't start living for Jesus here, you're never going to live for him out in the world. You don't start receiving the blessing in here in the right place with the right position of hearing and obedience, with the right posture of being seated, of being kneeled, of, being, of walking with Christ and of standing with Christ, you're never going to receive it out in the world. So this morning, 
What do you need? I've just told you tangibly, literally, cognitively, mentally, in every way, shape, and form how to receive the blessing of God. So what do you need? Think about your greatest need right now or want or desire or whatever. I'm not going to get into schematics on that. What do you want? What do you need? What do you desire? Here's what I need you to ask God. Not for that thing. God, give me a word from you that will accomplish that. Because the blessing of God is not things. It's what God has said. So your answer for the thing you need is not uh, the the $1,000 check that you need to pay your bills. It's a word from God of how to obtain, maintain, like we've talked about the past five weeks. It's a lifestyle of discipline. Are you going to discipline yourself when God gives you that word to apply it? To apply it to your life and, and hold fast to it. It's not, it's not standing on it for one day, church. It's standing on it and watching God bring it to pass. So you're going to hear from God. You're going to have a disciplined lifestyle to apply it. And then God's going to enable you and empower you to do something to help bring it to pass. And that's going to come from one of the four positions we've just talked about. You're going to be seated with him. You're going to be knelt before God. You're going to be walking with Christ. And you're going to be standing in the middle of the blessing. And watch God bring it about in your life.